You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This, where I am joined by serial entrepreneur and consultant to some of the world's leading e-commerce brands and beyond, Tom Shipley. More importantly, Tom is a good friend of mine. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. So one of the things I really admire about you, Tom, is, I mean, you've worked in help create some of the world's biggest brands today. How did you end up doing that? Oh, it's a long, um, it's, it's a long but interesting story, and I'll try to shortcut it, because <laughs> everything goes back to your roots. And so, I mean, I, I love creating things from nothing. I'm going to say that sometimes as an entrepreneur, it's in you, you love to solve big problems. And to create something out of nothing and something significant. But I'm going to say that the foundations of everything that I, foundations of leadership and entrepreneurship, I learned in Special Forces in the Israeli Army. And just a quick story going back is that um, it was, I was 20 years old. I was at Florida State University. Life was great. And I showed up at my parents' house and said, mom and dad, sit down. I got some news for you. Life is great. Fraternity life is great. That's very cool. But you know something? It's time I have an impact on the world. I'm moving to Israel. I'm going to join the Israeli army. And the response was freaked out a little bit. Said, Tom, you're crazy. You don't know the language. You don't know anything about the army. You know nothing about the culture. Even if they accept you, you'll be pushing papers as a bureaucrat. Well, in my life, I love when people um, uh, underestimate me. And so I ended up moving to Israel, finding out about one of the top three special forces unit really focused on, which is focused on rescue, uh, similar here to the, uh, the PJs and air jumpers. And then uh, went for the process of getting in. It was during the first Lebanon war. And it's the numbers game like we face as entrepreneurship. 160,000 soldiers in the army. There are um, 60,000 combat soldiers, 10,000 soldiers try to get into my unit. They pick a thousand of us for hell week out of which they picked 25 of us to go through a 18 month program and training. And out of that 13 of us were left. And I'm going to say that, but if you look at the numbers, what it takes to build a company that lasts for five years, that has over 10 million, 20 million, a hundred million consistently in revenue that has a liquidity event, the odds are 0.0001 that actually do. But in the, you know, if I look at it as I learned about how to build teams, I learned about, Pure tenacity, pure grit, not quitting. I learned about a, a, a good soldier is one who improvises. So that means that in uh, it's not about resources, it's about resourcefulness. It's about high level of trust. So there's so many things there that we can unpack at another time that were just absolutely magnificent. Um, but when I came back to the States, my idea of risk were different also. So I came back to the States, got my degrees in industrial engineering and was doing mm-hmm small businesses on the side, but risk were different. Work ethic and tenacity was different. I, for the first 10 years getting back out of the army, I didn't sleep on Thursday night. I had all nighters because I did in the army. Um, and then um, 21 years ago is when I was going to say I started my first real business. And it was really exciting. It was web 1.0. It was the beginning of email marketing. It was the beginning of storytelling through emails and online and landing pages. It was the, it was Google AdWords. 
So I, but I, I've always believed that you sell to the customers, however they want to. So it was an omni-channel business. So uh, we mailed out millions of catalogs every month. We had 14 pages. I don't know if you remember, Adam, the Sky Mall catalog, the in-flight magazine catalog. Oh, I remember it very well. And so we had 14 pages in it and it was a business that exploded, did great. I did some acquisitions along the way. And in 2001, I sold that business off. And then I entered my wilderness years uh, consulting while I was looking for the next opportunity. And a lot of times what we do is we go back to the framework and the mental models that we have. So I looked for industries and niches that I can play my multi-channel playbook to, to actually grow something very significant. And so what was not conventional wisdom, and we were told by many we'd fail, which was to take my playbook and apply it in the beauty industry. This was 2005. And I firmly believe that the best model to grow that we know today is true to building um, great um, brands is through direct response marketing. And so we were told that in order to succeed, you need a $100 million launch budget. And we know that that's just crap. And <laughs> our first year with our first brand, Hydroxone, we did 300,000 in sales. Fast forward two years later, we did 125 million in sales. Over that life of that first brand that we put together, yeah, we did everything from formulation, came up with the name, everything. We did 100 in, let's see, we did a billion dollars in revenue with Hydroxone over its lifetime. We had a partnership with Christy Brinkley and launched Christy Brinkley's uh, Beauty. We also, 11 years ago, identified a blue ocean opportunity. I'm always looking where there's a big opportunity and what I really call it's a purple ocean where there is a strong pent up demand, but no one knows it yet and creating a new and new vehicle. In this case, it was women's hair regrowth. One out of every three women suffer from hair loss, yet there was no brand specifically dedicated to her. Our PhD from Pfizer spent two years developing the first clinically proven FDA formula and boom, uh, Karen Inc. was launched. And over the life of the brand, we've done $700 million. You'll find it in Sephora, Alta, um, uh, CVS, and many different retailers, but that's 10% of the business. A bigger chunk of the business, 15% when we sold the business was Amazon. And the rest of it was all direct response. So. Again, it's the same from foundation, the same blueprints that I applied, and I apply them to different areas. And that's what I've done through uh, when I sold that business off a year ago, June. Just, just phenomenal. And I love the analogy as well, because, you know, it really does say something like, forget the special forces thing. The fact that you said to your parents with no ability to speak the language, this is what I'm going to do, and then did it. I mean, I can't think of anything uh, the, the better spells what it takes to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner than that, right? The, I'm just going to do it and make it work. Um, and I, I've definitely got parallels. I'd say one of my, one of my favorite stories and, you know, me and Tom know each other pretty well, but I don't think I've ever told you this story, Tom. I get a phone call uh, late one night from a buddy of mine. He's like, you're a qualified hypnotherapist, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm looking for somebody to, uh, to put together a training on hypnotherapy for me. And he goes, I've been trying to find hypnotherapists. The problem is I want them to sign um, a contract that says they won't create any other products on the subject. And he's like, and they're all saying, no, I'm, I'm willing to pay a large sum of money, but I do need exclusivity. You'll never be able to create another hypnotherapy product again. And I said, uh, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't mind. He goes, are you sure? I was like, dude, I'll be honest with you. I never use my hypnotherapy qualification anyway. This is great. I've got no problem with it. So he sends this huge sum of money as a down payment and a promise to get the rest when I create this, you know, six hour training using hypnotherapy. 
So I get off the phone and my fiance is there and she goes, I didn't know you were a qualified hypnotherapist. I was like, well, well, I'm not. But with the amount of money you just gave me in the time frame, I'm pretty sure I can just go and become a qualified hypnotherapist. And so I took what ended up being 10% of the down payment, paid to go to study hypnotherapy, got myself a qualification, then um, bought the three top hypnotherapy products of all time ran surveys to identify what people didn't like about them, what they did like about them, created a brand new product based on those things, created the hypnotherapy program, delivered it, um, which the whole thing took, you know, X amount of, of months and uh, then got the, the rest of the payment and then signed off. And he goes, and you're sure you're down to never make a hypnotherapy product again? I was like, dude, I'm so down to do that. And uh, I always think of that in the Ghostbusters, you know, run there in the building, and uh, they turn around to, to Dan Aykroyd and they're like, look, if someone says that you were God, you say yes. And I think that that's, that's the entrepreneur spirit, right? Like, you know, are you a qualified <laughs> hypnotherapist? Hell yeah, I am. At least for this conversation. And, and then we'll deal with, with, you know, making that true afterwards if, if need be. But, I yeah, love, but that's what you did. You, you basically were like, yeah, I am a special forces soldier for Israel, even though I don't speak the language. <laughs> And the, the person, and again, I, I'll go back to what I started with is I did a clear, I found out about it, did my research. I manifested the reality. I focused, I looked at the details of what it is to be the soldier in the unit. I found, you know, I found out what the training was like. And then I just, I was a beast for close to a year training to get into that unit because nothing, unless my legs were chopped off, nothing, I would never quit. And nothing can stop me. And I'll be better prepared for anyone going in because I like to think that you can't, you know, people can't outwork and can't out hustle me. And it's about just that focus and the tenacity. And that's what it is. But it starts with the manifestation of what you really want and then going out there and doing it. And the person that is always this way, the person that was that started the journey could not have got into that unit, could not. It was not that person yeah, that I was a year and a half later. Along the way, along the journey, we become that person. Atlantic Coast Brands. On day one, when we started Atlantic Coast Brands, I didn't, I wasn't able to do to create a business that would be doing a hundred million dollars every single year. Yeah, but then you did it. <laughs> and then, and then basically, it's every business I've done that with. The same thing with Boundary Brands, We're launching an, an aggregator and going out and raising a hundred million dollars, which I did a year and a half ago to mm -hmm. launch an Amazon aggregator again. The person who started that journey on day one, thinking about, do we, you know, do I go and buy a few Amazon and Ecom brands and do I roll up to where this vision can and raising $100 million and launching it with the team we have? I became a different person towards the end. And I'm going to say right now, mm -hmm. I figured out some key things, some key frameworks that is helping me operate at a different level that I've never operated before. And I'm going to say it really started two years ago and over the last, um, five months, I become a different person. Oh, I love this. Well, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, what are those things? Nope, not going to tell my secret. Of course, I'm <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, first thing I had to do is, Adam, you know, one of the biggest challenges we all have is we have limiting beliefs. Yeah. The more shit we go through in our life, the more um, our brain tries to protect ourselves and creates these loops in our head. And it actually is physiological, the loops that our brain have. And getting outside of those loops and those mental models we have, and I'm going to say those stories that we tell ourselves, mm -hmm. it doesn't happen naturally without a lot of pain. But what I'm doing is I created the momentum of thinking about opportunities and thinking my life without barriers, without constraints, mm -hmm. without limits. 
imagine that I didn't have to worry about any constraints. And then what I do with every single idea is I try to put zeros onto the idea. And I say, imagine if I, and let me go back to Foundry when we started, you know, when I started just working uh, on my own and then with Brian Burgess, this idea of let's roll up some Amazon income brands, let's have some fun. And I said, what if I had a zero on this idea? What if I had a zero on? So it's no longer a $10 million business or a 50. It's no longer a 500, but it's a billion dollar business. What would that mean? What it means is that we figure out a better way to build a consumer products, good company, CPG company. It means that we figure out a way to buy small brands at lower multiples, get a multiple arbitrage on that, and a systematic ways to, uh, to systematize the back end while keeping every brand unique. It, it means that um, we've had a better mousetrap and we were reinventing and reimagining the way CPGs are coming. And we can, because it's direct to consumer, we can use automation, we can use machine learning and in edge cases, um, artificial intelligence to help us select products better as well as do our marketing. So again, it's a paradigm. And then, so first question is, is what would be, what would, uh, what would be the idea without limiting any limited beliefs? And what happens if I had enough zeros on, what would I become? And then the question is, is this is big. What would have to be true for this to happen? Then I go and create my operating assumptions for it to be true. And then I start working on it. Well, we need a lot of capital, okay? I can solve that. We need to have the right team. Again, you can build those building blocks, now you have your roadmap and, and you don't need to know how to do something. And Adam, you did it yourself. You just need to know the, the who that knows the how, and you either hire them or you, or, or you learn from them, period. And so that's what we did with Boundary. And we got incredible partners that came along for the ride that made raising the capital easier. So that's part of the framework. But I always start with the question is, is let me come up with that big idea that I'm really passionate about. Let me take off the mental barriers. And when you start doing this on a daily basis and start removing that, you start operating. My operating assumptions after I injured my back uh, five years ago and I had uh, three disc views was that I will be lucky if I'll be able to walk again and I'll be fortunate. And I'm a former um, healthy person that is injured. And then I changed my identity along the way is that I'm injured with significant limit. I'm, I'm recovering, but I have limitations. The paradigm I'm at, the, my identity right now is I'm an athlete with some limitations, but I'm an athlete. So therefore, what happened is I ran a PR yesterday that I haven't had for 20 years as far as running at the track. I'm nice. training right now for the CapTex uh, Cap triathlon at the, uh, the end of this month. I'm training for a half marathon in July. I'm going to be doing a half a 70.3 Ironman in uh, October things that I didn't think were possible because I've removed those limitations. And then I found the people that I can surround myself with to put me in safe environments for coaching and training. So push myself to another level. I've also done this with coaching. I hired the most expensive uh, executive coach that I've ever met, but one that um, challenged me like no other person has. That's helped me work through a lot of these things that held me back. And as you know, you hear the expression sometimes, Adam, that, you know, you're a tier one operator playing the tier three game. Well, from him perspective, as he said, Tom, you're uh, you a hundred million dollar year earner who's playing at not the level you should be. And that's what we're going to work at. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So there's a lot of mental models there that we can go through, but that's just the foundation of them. But there are a lot of it is asking the right questions and really changing the way you're wired. Adam, 
I know the potential. And let me put it this way. Let me just frame this different is different. The, what you're doing right now, could you imagine yourself doing this 10 years from now, uh, 10 years ago? Of course not. Okay. Adam Lyons, 10 years from now, what are you going to be thinking about the level that you're playing at right now? Uh, It's super small compared to where I'll be. Right. So the question is, is why can't you compress time? Why can't the person and what you'll be accomplishing 10 years from now, why can't it happen now? Yeah, yeah, totally true. It, it's so funny uh, you say that because I have repeatedly looked back and thought, why didn't I just do it earlier? Because weirdly, I knew. I always knew I could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions, and, uh, but I knew how to do it since 2012, but waited for at least three years before I even tried doing it even though I knew, and then waited even longer before I made anyone know that I was doing it. And I have a vision for your potential. And I have some ideas on where you might end up. And I'm going to say that I'm excited to see that person evolve because a level of greatness inside of you, you've only tapped a small fraction of. And you're, and by the way, Adam, you're incredible in all the different dimensions in your life whether you're as a significant other, whether as a father, whether it is as a friend, whether it is a business person, a negotiate, best negotiator I've ever met. Well, of course, Roland rivals you, but again, just the way you think your creativity, yourself as a marketer, you're brilliant. But I see if you tap into all those different natural skills you have and the heart that you have, I'm going to say heart it, and this is a quant guy who's an industrial engineer, but a heart, the heart you have, and the potential is a fraction. Well, when as you tap more into that and create that visualization of what you will be, you'll be astonished. And I'm what you're going to be able to accomplish. I'm excited to watch it happen. Oh, dude, oh, I'm I'm excited to 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 have you watch it happen and and to see it <laughs> to see it happen. I think this is one of the one of the coolest things. You know, it doesn't really matter. And you know, I respect this about you as well. It doesn't matter where you are. There's always room to go and and grow and and go further. And likewise, I think you know to your point. You can always go faster. You can always do it that much quicker, get there that much earlier. Um, it, it's funny. I had uh, I have an opportunity right now that I'm I'm talking to somebody about whether whether it happens or not is is irrelevant. But um, my buddy was trying to sell a uh, million dollar apartment, and uh, it's it's a bad market to sell right now. Weirdly, where he is in most of the world, it's great. But this particular place, it's a penthouse apartment, and there's 15 on the market right now in that building. It's a great building historically, it's great. It's going to do wondrous over the next few years. Um, but for whatever reason, all the properties there right now are selling for about 10% less than they should be. Mm. And my, my buddy's in the, in the car with me and he's complaining that he just wants to get his money back. He goes, he was hoping to make more, but he'd be happy to get it back. He doesn't want to, um, you know, doesn't want to lose it. And, um, and so while I'm sitting there, I was like, well, I would, I'll give you what you want. I'll pay full price for it. And he's like, why would you do that? I was like, with one condition, you fund it. I was like, if you do owner financing, no, no deposit, I'll take it right now. You know, I'll buy it off you. And uh, my buddy's like, I think I would do that. He's like, can we wait until I'm ready to move into my new place? He's building a mansion, which is why I wants to sell it. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, we can wait. You know, we can start getting the paperwork done and wait, and we can just execute um, when you're ready. And uh, he says, wow, I would, I would really like to do that. Um, and so, you know, obviously you and I know this in terms of negotiation, which is the rule of price and terms. If, mm-hmm. if somebody wants a price, that's fine. As long as they match your terms or vice versa. Yeah. And uh, what was fascinating was <clears throat> to me, this was obvious. This was the obvious thing to do. 
you just buy it. It doesn't matter that it's worth less right now. It's irrelevant. I'll pay more. And so I came home and spoke to my fiance. And I could clearly see the shift between me and her where she hadn't caught up to me in terms of negotiating because she knows a lot of what I know, but she hasn't been in my recent negotiations. And so she's like, oh, but it's a, yeah, it's a million dollar risk. I was like, no, no, it's not. It's buying a million dollars for $4,000 a month. Right. I was like, if you could save $4,000 a month until you had a million, that's a really long journey. Alternatively, if I gave you a million today and you could pay off the million at $4,000 a month, but that million dollars could be used to generate $4,000 a month, it's a no-brainer. And that's the point. We would have use of the apartment from day one. So you could rent it out. You could Airbnb it. Uh -huh. uh, we, could, we could use it to run events. I mean, there's so many different things that we could do with it. Um, plus, you've got the equity appreciation over time. I was like, to me, this is an absolute no-brainer. Normally, the risk in buying a place is the deposit. You're out of a chunk of cash that could be doing something else. In this scenario, the risk is, is as far as I'm concerned, absolute zero. Um, because even if we buy it at 10% less or 10% more than it's worth, over 30 years, it's going right, to exactly. gain more than 10%. Yeah. So, but that mindset, it was really fun to watch. And it took her about 48 hours to come around. And we had to, had to draw out on a whiteboard a few times. And then she came to me on the second day and was like, no, no, I get it. We have to do it. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I, and I know she came to do it with that great smile that she has. So. Yes, yes, she did. Um, and when she got it, she got it. You know, she was like, yeah. she's like, yeah, I know, I understand. And to me, it's um, the creativity you have and the um, confidence that you have when you have that clarity. Very mm -hmm. few, that certainty, very few people have. And that's why I'm um, excited to watch the journey as you take this journey. You know, I'm, right now I'm involved with some really fascinating projects. And I, you know, I always ask the question is, is, okay, what would have to be possible to make this happen? And the same thing we just went over. Yeah. So I have um, two different partnership I'm putting together and with just people that I think are just outstanding and they're different roll-ups. They're different roll-ups. Mm -hmm. And I really want to do the, these two businesses, but they don't have the bandwidth and I don't have the bandwidth. So the question is, is, Rather than walking away and me saying, do I do A or B? What would it take for me to say, I want to do A and B or A and B and C? What would have to be true? So coming up with a model is, you know, uh, you know the whole um, uh, getting equity for consulting or for strategic advisory is cool and getting paid for it. But when you come up with the concept and you have leverage and you can create momentum behind this idea and then you find the right operator, that can execute at the highest level, you're talking about an equity participation that is disproportional to someone bringing you in. And this is my model that I'm doing is I'm finding operators that operate at a tier one level that are focusing right now on tier three opportunities and giving them opportunities to have that billion dollar business. Because everything I do right now, I wanna see that has one, a high probability of success, something that I think is fun and enjoyable. I wanna work with people that are um, generative, that have just, great hearts about them and really smart and but that can achieve a billion dollar valuation but at the low side we'll make a couple hundred million off of it so those are my criteria that i'm doing and so i don't want to walk away from those but if i but the bigger here's the other secret adam the bigger the idea the bigger the concept the easier it is yeah the easier it is to recruit the right talent the easier it is to bring in investors the easier it is to bring in the team 
and the resources necessary to accomplish that. So therefore, recruiting the right tier one operator with a big enough of an idea, especially when I'm talking about two, two operating partners that are part partnership in this, with the leverage and the network we do, it's easier to do that. And that's my new model that I'm doing. I'm doing it for a couple of different SaaS rollup platform, also doing with another B2B um, um, uh, platform play. And mm-hmm. I'm just having fun. <laughs> which, I, which I absolutely love. Um, we, are, we are approaching time. In a second, um, I'm going to ask you, we, we always say to everyone at the end, like, what do smart businesses do? You know, so you can be like smart businesses and then tell us the thing that all smart businesses do. But before that, if there's a listener here and they want to learn more about you or what you're doing, or, or maybe there's some synergy there, what, what's the best way for them to reach out to you or go for uh, it? Go watch my website, uh, tshiply.com, T-S-H-I-P-L-E-Y.com. There's a contact form uh, there and that's the best way. Or if they're Facebook or LinkedIn friends with me, um, they'll see we're trying to publish as much as possible to give away my content the way I think, the way I build businesses, and then also update some PR press releases on the different um, projects I've going on. Yep. And if you were following him right now, you'd see that he's got Alex Homozi going over to his house um, to speak at, uh, at his house in a private little get together in a few weeks time. So puts in perspective, um, just the kind of person that Tom Shipley is. This is literally the man uh, behind all the the sort of like big people that you know. This is uh, the guy. So, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. So, what do smart businesses do, Tom? The biggest force, again, as a military guy, I'm, I'm always looking for the force multiplier. The biggest force multiplier you have in your business is your team and your people, because you can only accomplish so much yourself. But making sure that you only have tier one operators that are great. And tier one operator doesn't mean that they're the smartest people in the world, that what you have them designated for, that they're great, you can high level of trust and they follow through every time and they're smart and they learn and they grow and building a team. And they're also givers. So having an organization where the team works well together in a highly productive environment um, is the winning formula. And if you, you know, I'm going to say this, that at one time I thought it was about the business plan or the technology or the patent or what's unique. But the one thing I know is change is the one factor that happens very fast now. And the biggest competitive advantage you have is be able to respond quickly the culture of your team enables your response. Yes, a plan, a focus, metrics are very, very key to success, tenacity, mm-hmm. but ultimately culture is that force multiplier with that really strong team. Dude, I absolutely love that. Tom Shipley, thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to catching up with you very soon, bud. Great, thanks, Adam. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.